all of you guys. Thanks for being here. Um, just want to remind us, man, that we, that's why we're doing this series, and we, we've, we're calling it Beyond These Walls, and that's why we're doing 167, is because God <clears throat> is always at work. Jesus says he is always working. And so we've been really trying to, trying to shift the mindset of most of us who grow up in the, in the Western world and in the Western church. And so we want to say again, right, that we, just, we don't just go to church, we we are, and, 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 and that means way more than one hour. But even when we're here, though, you guys, together in this hour, the greatest thing that God says is, when you gather together like this in my name, he goes, I'm here. And the coolest thing is that this, this hour that we are together is a chance for us to share our lives with each other. That's why we want to share these stories. We want to hear. We want to hear from you. We want to hear stories. How are you experiencing God? How are you engaging with God? Where are you seeing him? Are you, is he showing up in your parenting? Is he showing up in your marriage? Is he showing up at your workplace? Um, is he showing up just when you're driving down the street or laying in bed at night like Jeff is? How are you experiencing God? And we want to encourage each other in the, because the scripture says, man, the days are evil. Are they not evil? I mean, we know the national horror that everyone is, is grieving over with the shootings in Buffalo and now in this. I mean, you can't, you can't go to a grocery store or an elementary school. This world is hurting, but even those tragic events, all of us are out there and you're seeing it. You're rubbing shoulders with people who are just hurting, who are struggling, and maybe it's you. And so this is why we wanna say when we're here in this place, we are actually fellowshipping, which means sharing. It's a, that's a nice little Christian word. Um, we are, but the word means we share each other's lives and we fellowship with God. We actually get to share in God's life. He wants to meet us here, fill us up with his spirit so that 167 hours of the week, we are actually bringing his kingdom. In that prayer that Jeff said, that did it, did it, did it, did it. That Jesus taught us to pray. Uh, this is not a message on tongues. This is about prayer. Um, but he taught us to pray. Ask God, you guys, for his kingdom to come and for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Man, that's an awesome prayer. We want to live that out. And so what Jesus said when the church started, so, like, so that's what we're doing. We're looking at what happened when the church started, when Pentecost, when, when a group of people put their faith in Jesus and then God poured his spirit, the very spirit of God filled human beings. And immediately what happened is the Holy Spirit does this. He binds people together. That was the first message. You get devoted to each other. That's why we want to say, we just don't go to church for an hour. No, we, Jesus said, if you follow me, you love one another. And so, and then what Jesus said is, and when that happens, when my spirit fills you, he says, you will receive power and you will be my witnesses. He doesn't even say, go do it. He says, you'll have power inside of you and you will be my witnesses. People will look at your lives and they will see me. So that's what we've been talking about, all this power. And so today we're, we're talking about the power of prayer. And so yesterday I was uh, doing my favorite thing. I, I just love banking. It's one of my favorite things. 
And then uh, we got a, just a stack full of medical bills. Don't you guys love medical bills? So I'm flipping on ESPN, trying to salve my wounds as I'm doing banking and, and, uh, and, and medical bills. And then I realized that, right, that my phone is, is dead. So I, I put it in, I charge it up, and I work the whole time. And then I go over and I look and my phone's dead. And I'm like, I charged this thing the whole time. And I look around the couch and it came unplugged from the wall. <laughs> Anybody else ever experienced that? Okay. How frustrating when I want to use my phone and it isn't working because the dumb thing wasn't plugged in. How in the world? Why do I struggle? And I'm talking about it. Why do I struggle? Why do you struggle? Why do we as the church struggle being the witness with power inside of us to this world? Why is the world not absolutely intrigued and enamored by Jesus when the church is the body of Christ and his spirit is inside of us? I think sometimes it's because we're just not plugged into the power. We're not plugged into the power. There is a power in prayer. Our Life Together group has been going through the book of Acts and one of the biggest things that hit me as we've been looking at this church is wow, these people pray. Man, they pray. And when you, you read the book of Acts, you go, man, I wish God was leading me like he leads the people in Acts. <laughs> and then our group was like, well, do we pray like the people in Acts? Oh, no, I don't. Oh, well, then why am I expecting to have spiritual power inside of it when I'm just out there doing it on my own? That's what I want to talk to us about tonight, you guys. In Acts 2, 42, this is the description of the church. It says they devoted themselves to prayer. They were devoted to it. Now, and here's where we're going today. There's lots of different types of prayers, tons of different prayers. You, God said, tell me about your needs. Cast your cares to me because I care for you. He, Jesus says, you don't have because you don't ask. So he, you were supposed to give our request to God. We're supposed to intercede and pray for other people. We're supposed to confess. We're supposed to give thanks. There's listening prayer. Because what is prayer? It's actually a conversation with God, Right? And sometimes we're so busy just telling things to God that we actually never stop and go, and go listen, listen to it. I, I've shared this story before. I'll never forget the time when I just was, I had this laundry list of things to give to God. And then all of a sudden I heard this voice inside my head and he says, would you like me to answer any of those? <laughs> and, 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 and so we listen. That's the other part because it's a conversation. It's a great exchange. But you guys, what prayer ultimately is for is to bring you and I in union with God. It's intimacy. You are not intimate with any other person unless you are having that type of conversation with each other. So that's what prayer is for. Prayer is to unite yourself with God. It's so that you share life. You let God into your life, into every aspect of it. Man, I'm never still trying to learn how to do this well. But you're also totally getting yourself into his life. And that's what prayer is for. But the prayer I want to talk to you about today and the passage I want to show you in the book of Acts, when you look at the church, these guys, and this is what floored me, when they get together and they're praying, they are praying for impact. They're praying for impact. They're praying for the 167 hours. They gather together 
and they pray so that they will be able to go out and make a huge difference in the world. And so, before I get into the scripture, two weeks ago, we talked about the power of teaching, right? Because that's the other thing they devoted themselves to. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And so I shared this with you guys from now on. I kind of want to take you through this acronym called ACT, A-C-T. Because I want to make sure, because we, again, when we go to church, we like to learn things. But the scripture says, everything that you're going to hear today from God is to equip you so that you'll do it. Okay, so I just want to remind you of that right now. As I get to present God's word to you, he says it is alive and active. It's going to go in, what I'm going to share with you today is going to go in, it's going to penetrate right into your heart, and it's going to help you to know this is what you think about prayer. Here's what God thinks. And so the A is will you and I today actually agree with God? Will we agree with him? And in the scripture we looked at, it simply says, um, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. Okay? So as I'm teaching, your, your, your goal and your work today is will you agree with what God says? And then the second, the C is, all scripture is used to teach us something or to rebuke us, tell us to stop doing something, <laughs> or to correct us, or to train us, which means to start doing something. All four of those things, you change. You're going to hear something today, and maybe you didn't know it before, and you're going to have a change in your brain. Or maybe you're supposed to stop doing something, start doing something, or correct something. And that's your C. Are you ready to change? And then the T is take a step. Jesus said, you guys, if you want to live life that's built on the foundation, then you hear my words, he says, and you put them into practice. That's the wise person, okay? So I just want to remind you of that. I'm going to share this with you about the power of prayer. God's word is going to come into you, and every one of us in this room has a chance to agree with it, to change however we need to change our mind and our actions and then we're going to go out and we're going to change the world. Amen? God, please help us in this moment to not just go to church. Help every one of us, God. Even those who maybe you're here and are seeking, would you speak powerfully to each one of us and help us to know this amazing power of prayer and how we can pray to make an impact in the world. And I ask that you would do that. Be gracious to us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Acts 1, very first chapter. This is even before Pentecost. This is crazy. Look, look what it says. They all joined together, continually devoting themselves to prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Okay? Five things I'm going to help you see that's true about impactful prayer. Number one is you pray together. You actually pray together. It's interesting, right? They devoted themselves to prayer. They all joined together, continually devoting themselves to prayer. And I'm just going to be totally honest with you. Um, I don't think we've done a very good job of this here at K2. This is, this is one of the things I'm hoping that will change when we're celebrating our 167, that we'll actually start praying for each other. 
that we'll start praying for the things in the world. We're going to do it at the end of the service today. We're just going to pray. Um, but I, I, not, many, not many Christians actually pray corporately. It's, it's actually an anomaly. Most Christians have, to be honest with you, some, a lot of us struggle even to pray by ourselves. But man, if you get a group of people and then you just go, okay, let's pray together. You know, you know what, I've, I, what happens is it's crickets. Anybody else? Right? Now, here's what we know. I know that public speaking is like apparently the biggest fear, right, in the world. And I think that's partly what, why we struggle with prayer. Partly it's because I don't know if I'm going to say the right things. And everybody's going to judge me by what I say. And it feels like it's so scary to pray. And yet, when you look at the church that was filled with the Spirit of God and was changing the world, they were together corporately praying. So I just, I, let me just start right off the bat on this whole ACT thing. How many, how many of you right now would say, that's a regular part of my life? I regularly pray corporately with other followers of Jesus. I think most of us, can we just be honest? We just go, I don't know if, if I've ever done that. And I definitely don't do it regularly, which is the next thing that happens. The next thing it says is they pray constantly. They all join together, continually devoting themselves to prayer. And so that's the second thing. If we are gonna pray and, and be connected to the power source. When Jesus says you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, are you connecting yourself to that power source? And how often are you doing it? You know, my, my phone, you know, especially, it just, it just dies eventually. <laughs> and it has to be plugged back in. And so what do you see? The early church that was changing the world prayed constantly. They were devoted to it. Now, all of these things, we've, we've looked at this. When you're devoted to something, it means unremitting care to. It means profound dedication. And I, when I shared this, when, about because they were also devoted to each other, right? They were devoted to fellowship. It's, it means glue, you guys. It means to adhere to something. It's so important to you that you won't not be committed to it. And so... If we're gonna make a difference in the world and have the power out there of the Holy Spirit inside of us, then we need to not only pray together, but apparently we've gotta be doing it regularly and constantly. In 1 Thessalonians 5, um, I read this back in November or December, and uh, there's, there's, there's this really small little passage, and it simply says this. Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all things, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. God's will for you and me is to rejoice always, pray continually, and then give thanks in all things. You know, what's crazy is, throughout the history of the church, there have been revivals. How many of you guys have heard of revivals? Okay. I'm, I'm, my, my college is Asbury College. And in Asbury College in 1970, I think I shared this here actually just recently. But in my college in 1970, they had a revival that happened on the campus in the normal chapel service. It'd be like a church service like this. God's spirit came in such a powerful way that for three straight days, 
People never left that place. They canceled classes, and God just came in and did a major work in people's lives. 70% of the, kid, of the students at that college at that time ended up in ministry, most of them as missionaries around the world. Unbelievable. These type of revivals have happened throughout the history of the church. And you know what happens with every one of them? You go back to this cord and you find out that there were these group of people who had been devoted to prayer. There were always people who were praying. I read a thing about Billy Graham one time that when he would go into a town, he had men who would go in a week before that he would get to a city a week before, and they'd rent out a hotel room, and they wouldn't leave the room for a week, and they fasted and they prayed before Billy ever showed up and gave the message. So I'm telling you, man, there's something about this, being devoted to it. And so, if we're going to have the power of prayer, if we're gonna be a church that's actually making a difference, 167, we gotta be praying together, and we gotta be devoted to it, all right? And now, I, I want to take you to this, this, this uh, prayer in Acts chapter 4 and just unpack the last couple points. But let me, just, let's share, let me just share with you real quick what's happened so far in the history of the church. It's about this short. <laughs> Pentecost has happened. So the Holy Spirit, again, has filled a group of people for the first time. This was the gift that Jesus said he was going to give us. Not only forgive us of, his sin, of our sins, but actually give us the Spirit of God. Then... These people all come together. Peter gets up and he addresses the crowd and 3,000 people come to Christ that day. The church explodes. 3,000 people do it. Then Peter heals a man that was lame from birth. And, and everybody knew who this guy was and he heals him and everybody's freaking out. It's like, how in the world did this happen? Well, the priests and the Sadducees and the captain of the temple guard put Peter and the apostles in jail. And the rulers and the elders and the teachers of the law, the high priests, they ask Peter and they say, by what power or what name did you do this? And Peter looks at him and says, it's in the name of Jesus. And then they commanded them to not teach at all in the name of Jesus and they threatened their lives. So they let him go. And now we get to Acts chapter four, verse 23. Okay, look at this. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and they reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said. Okay? So here's the third thing that when we look at the scripture to teach us, if we're gonna pray, you guys, prayers of impact, then we need to pray to the sovereign Lord. We need to pray to the sovereign Lord. Did you guys know, it's interesting actually, that all the prayers, even Jesus, when in the, in the scripture that, that Jeff read, when he said, teach us how to pray, what's the first thing Jesus said to say when you pray? Our Father. What are you doing? The very first thing that you do when you pray is you state who it is that you're praying to. You remind yourself, you are our father. But in this case, 
When they want to, and you know what? And I would say for all those prayers, right? Because Jesus, when he told us to pray our father, he's like, hey, you guys are evil and you know how to give good gifts to your kids. <laughs> how much more will your father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit? How much more will the, your father in heaven give you good things? See, so, so when you're working on the intimacy of your relationship with God and your ability to trust him, man, I pray father all the time. But when you want to pray a prayer of impact, and when you want to change the world, these guys also address God. And what did they call him? Sovereign Lord. Sovereign Lord. The word in the Greek is actually despotes, which means just to be a despot. It means the master. It means the Lord who possesses supreme authority. It means, God, you are the king of kings. God, you are the ultimate ruler over everything. You are matchless in power and you are almighty. Jesus, the scripture tells us, when he rose from the dead and seated at the right hand of the Father, it says that he is far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion. Now, isn't that cool? Because you know what happens to us in America? Or not just in America. You know what happens to human beings? We get freaked out by political power. And these guys, what was happening in their day? These guys were having the political power and the religious power saying, if we're going to throw you in prison, we're going to threaten you. And you know this, these guys lost their lives. And so when they were saying, we're going to make an impact in the world, but the world doesn't want us to make that impact. And so how do they start off their prayer? We're praying to the sovereign Lord. Can I just ask you guys, how many of you right now in your soul look at the craziness of the world, the war over in Ukraine? How many of you, when there's an election and there's two candidates and they both stink? (laughs) Or maybe you actually like one of them and you're scared to death if the other one gets in and and their platform actually goes, what happens when that person that you're scared to death in all of a sudden becomes president? People freak out. And they're teaching us here, come on, man. Jesus is the sovereign Lord, almighty God, far above all rule and authority. Remember when they wanted to crucify Jesus? He's like, hey, you guys know that I could actually like bring down legions of angels right now? He goes, do you know the only reason you have power right now is because my father actually gave it to you? Come on, man, this is who we pray to. We pray to the one who's over all things. So when COVID hits and shuts down life as we know it, Jesus is so far above COVID. We have a kingdom that can't be shaken. Can our world be shaken? Uh Uh-huh. And we've all experienced it. When a war rises up on the other side of the world and it affects us, when the economy fails, Jesus, you are sovereign Lord, when an election is up, like I already said, let's, let's make it a little closer to home. <laughs> sort of like, like a bill sitting here right in front of me. When you come and you plant a church in Salt Lake City, Utah, where less than 2% of the people are actually Christian. I mean, other people literally, they come here and it's like this same percentage of people who go to Christian churches here is like in foreign countries where you send missionaries. Sovereign Lord. Jesus, you are over everything. 
How about our building situation right now? What do we do? It's like, oh my gosh, we, our realtors are awesome. We're going after everything. I, I, I was telling somebody earlier today, in, uh, we live up in Sugar House, you know, I swear if there's a postage stamp of property that's available, there's an apartment going up the next day. It's insane. And so we could look at that and just go, oh my gosh, you know, we can't find a property. Sovereign Lord. Come on, man. If Jesus can take down everything in the spiritual realms and move the hearts of kings, can he provide a piece of property for us? Yes, he can. And he will. He will. He is our sovereign Lord. So you guys, if we're gonna pray, if we're gonna be people who walk out of here, we cannot fear political leaders. We can't fear COVID. We can't fear financial fallouts. We can't fear anything. The beginning of the wisdom of the Lord is when you fear him because he's sovereign Lord. And that's who we pray to, all right? And then the fourth thing is you pray for boldness. You pray for boldness. Look in, in, in verse, uh, chapter four, verse 29. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Sovereign Lord in the Greek was despotes. That's the word. It's like almighty God. This word for Lord is the Greek word kurios. And it means, well, let me, if this was a good definition. Let me say what it is. He to whom a person belongs. It's your personal Lord. So you guys, lots of times I'll find when I'm praying I'll just be like, God, you are the one and only true God. You are almighty. You are powerful. You are over everything. And then the next thing I need to say is, and you are my God. You are my God. You are Lord. You are the sovereign Lord over everything. But Jesus, you are my Lord. I belong to you. And then when they pray to the sovereign Lord, this, 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 this personal Lord, they ask him to enable them to speak his words with great boldness. You know, this is what blows me away, you guys. When our small group was going through this and we got to this prayer, I just thought, isn't it interesting that they're not praying for God to bless them? Usually that's what we get together, right? We, we get together and we, we pray for blessing or, or we pray for healing. We, we pray for God to make our lives better. They didn't, they didn't even pray for protection <laughs> from, these, from, these, from these rulers. They didn't even pray for the rulers to change. What did they pray for? Boldness. God, fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit so that we can go into the world with your love and with your grace and with your truth and that we can actually be the answer to your prayer, that your kingdom would come and your will would be done on earth. How does God's will get done on earth, you guys? It's through his church. That's what they were praying for. Can I just ask you a question? When was the last time that was your prayer with God? When was the last time you looked at him and claimed him as the sovereign Lord over everything, and then you said, and you're my Lord, and would you please... Jesus, you said, you said, I would receive power 
when the Holy Spirit comes on me and I would be your witness. Can I ask you guys, are you being his witness? Is the world seeing Jesus in your life? Is the world hearing, like they said, enable your servants to speak your word? Do you have that boldness to be able to speak the words of of God to others? Man, this is the power, you guys, to live 167. And here's what what I encourage you. Even Paul himself, you know, again, if you're new to the the scriptures, Paul was this this raving, you know, high-end religious leader that Jesus kind of just comes and shines his, blinds him, fills him with his spirit. And then Paul is the guy who went as a rabid missionary all around the world, sharing with Christ, planting churches everywhere. And I love what Paul had to say in Ephesians chapter six. He said, pray for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. I looked it up and that fearlessly make known is the same word boldness in this other passage. And actually, you know what the word means? It means freedom of speech. It means you're free to say it. And Paul, the guy who I would think, man, that guy never needs anybody. You know, you, you know some people like that, right? They're like so bold. I thought Paul was pretty bold. Even he needed to ask for prayers to not fear. He, he goes on, he says, pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Hey, Here's some good news for you and for me. If you're struggling to live a powerful life for God in your workplace, if you're struggling to live a powerful life for God in your neighborhood, if you're struggling to share with people that you wish you had the boldness to do it, you can ask God to do it. Ask God, make it your prayer, and ask him. He will give you the power through the Holy Spirit, and he will make you bold. That's what we pray for. And then the last thing I want to show you is then we pray for Jesus to be glorified. We pray for Jesus to be glorified. In verse four, uh, chapter four, verse 30, it says, and then he, he said, stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Interesting. He actually... <laughs> to get into the, the, it actually should say, while you stretch out your hand and perform signs and wonders. God, enable us with boldness while you are performing signs and wonders. You guys, a sign is simply that by which a person or a thing is distinguished from others. And Jesus did things that people had to go, that doesn't normally happen. And it was a sign that Jesus was different than any other person. And that's what wonders are. Wonders simply means something strange. Caleb was watching the new Stranger Things last night. Something strange. But here's the point, and here's the key. Through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. You know, guys were asking Jesus for signs and wonders, and he's like, you know what? He goes, you guys have no interest, really. I'm right here. He goes, I'm right here. I've been doing stuff. You guys, the key to having signs and wonders is because the purpose 
was so that you, God would do things that are unexplainable that would help others to know that Jesus is alive, he's present, he's powerful, and he's good. When Jesus healed this lame man, here's what happened in Acts chapter three. It says the people were so astonished that they came running to Peter. And then Peter said this in chapter three, verse 12. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant, Jesus. Why did God give Peter the power to heal this guy who was lame? So the people, everyone around, would know that Jesus Christ is risen and he's alive and he's God and he brings life. And then in verse chapter three, verse 16, it says, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can all see. Man, you guys, when we read this together as a group, I just love this. I'm like, you guys, there's only one thing. There's only one thing that literally completely changes somebody's life. And it's Jesus. And so we put our faith in his name. We pray that when we're out there, God, make our lives a sign. Make us compassionate as we learned last week. Make us servants. Make us generous. Make us sacrificial. Make us loving. Make us like you, Jesus. So the people will see him. And so what do we do? If we're gonna make a difference out there, the church that was making a difference prayed together. They were devoted to it. They adhered to it. They were constantly doing it. They prayed to the sovereign Lord to remember who he was. And then they asked that God, fill us, make us bold. And then they prayed so that Jesus will be glorified, so that people around us will find the same life that we have found. All right? So how do we act? What's our ACT today? I think when we get to the A, what do we need to agree with today? That devoted corporate prayer empowers us for impact. Hey, here's an application. Well, no, that's the T. Hold on. And so C is what needs to change. For you, this is all between you and God. Is anything gonna change from his word that came to you today? Did you learn something new today? Do you need to correct something? Do you need to start doing something or stop doing something? What's gonna make you turn? That's all repentance means. Repent means I change my mind. How are you gonna walk out of here today and go, I didn't just go to church for an hour. I came here for this hour to hear from God, to receive his word, to equip me for every good work out there. And then that's the T. What, 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 what step? Take a step. What, what step are you gonna take? Hey, can I give you one? Here's a really practical one you could take. A couple years ago, a few years ago, as a staff, we started praying every morning together. It's been one of the greatest things we've done. We were never praying corporately together, even as a staff, and we definitely weren't devoted to it. But we are now. Every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday morning at 9 a.m., 
we gather here together and we pray. And we were just talking with each other and said, well, why are we just doing that with us? <laughs> so we'd actually like to invite you. If any of you at any time would ever like to come and do corporate prayer with us at 9 a.m. Monday through Thursday, just walk into this other back lobby right back here. Our offices are upstairs and we'd love to have you join us. For others of you, it might be you're in a Life Together group and you know what? You're gonna go, hey, we're gonna start praying actually together in our Life Together group. Some of you might get together people and start praying. That's what we wanna do.